0: House Of Run Podcast. What do you do?
1: Mostly running, Alan. Running. Yeah. at Bill! Look at Bill! It's coming on! coming on! I'm not thinking about making the team.
0: I'm thinking about gold and munity. What can I say? I got beat by zebra. Starts now. Welcome back, everyone. This is the House of Run Podcast. Houseofrun@gmail.com at gmail.com is our email address. My name is Kevin. I am in Austin, Texas, joined by my co-host, my friend, my former high school teammate in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's Jason Halpin. Hello, Jason. How are you?
1: Doing good. Uh, it's Justin Fields' world, and we're just all living in it. I don't care that we lost to the Lions. It's just the Bears have a quarterback. That's all I care about.
0: Are we now. starting every pod now with a Bears update?
1: We are. We ended Maybe last we one with Bears. They're on a three-game losing streak, and I've never been more excited. Like, about a, a quarter... Because the Bears never had a quarterback. This is... I'm
0: excited for you. I, this last weekend, very exciting. I saw he ran for like a it's million yards. Feel like hours. a Jamaican
1: marathoner, like, just all of a sudden emerging. You'd be like, wait, what? Uh, okay, cool.
0: Bears quarterback. Um, I'd like to thank you, though, Jason, for putting yeah. up with all my texts over the last few days. I was sending you... Relentless Nevada updates. I was just sending you John Ralston tweet after John Ralston tweet. I don't even know if you knew what any of it (laughs) meant, but I was just sending them to you. So uh, thank you for humoring me.
1: Uh, Yeah, no, current Jason knows a little bit more what you meant compared to like four years old, uh, four years ago, Mm -hmm. Jason, which knew very, very, very little. Um, But uh, hey, Nevada came through again. Home means Nevada. Uh, Last non
0: track thing before we get going MLB free agency. You want to weigh in? Ooh, it looks big. Rizzo's re-signing with the Yankees. Is that correct?
1: <sighs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I'm not surprised. I, I, I wish him the best. I, he'll he'll forever be uh you know remember that World Series team. He was like my favorite player. But uh, you wanted that one guy left from that 2016 team. One guy. That's it, huh? Oh Contreras. That's it. No, he's a he uh, declined the qualifying. Oh effort, no. So he'll probably go somewhere no. else. So it's just Ky- Kyle Hendricks right now. That's it. Okay. Yep. Well.
0: I know you wanted him on the Cubs, but I saw a rumor that he was going to be on the Astros, Rizzo, and that would have been really bad for everybody involved. So I'm glad he didn't
1: do that. Yeah, that, yeah, we don't need to. Yeah, <laughs> anything Astros. I mean, they got their World Series, and okay, fine. But yeah, I, I didn't need Rizzo going there. That too. would have been that would have been a nightmare scenario.
0: Okay, let's get into the show. We're going to read emails. the The name of the email segment this week is basically going to be seven million dollars because everybody wrote in with their seven million <laughs> million dollar idea for track. Uh, yep. I encourage you to to stick around for that. That's gonna be fun. Also, someone wrote in the subject line, I am a hater, which is fun.
1: Love it. So we'll get to we'll get to I get that. I've got I've got a lot of sports hater takes. Oh, hundred percent. You know, I am a LeBron hater. Like it's it's a known fact. Anyone listened to the show long enough probably knows that. Also, thanks But there's a difference between sports hate and actual hate. Like I just want to make sure you're aware yeah, of that, we'll,
0: right? We'll we'll get to that when I get to the email. We don't need to do that now. No. Uh yeah. Matt. Uh, from DC, formerly from Virginia. Thanks for for writing in about the wrong podcast being up last week.
1: Yes, that <laughs> was my bad. Um, so I screwed up twice last week. Oops. Um, so quality <laughs> <The laughs> a shell. I don't know. The quality just slipping. Um, so my audio might have sounded bad because apparently I didn't use my mic, so I was using my computer uh, mic, which you know was listenable, but I'm sure it probably wasn't pleasant. So apologies for that. And then uh, instead of posting that podcast, I just posted last week, uh, the pr- previous weeks again, mm-hmm. and uh, luckily Matt caught it. So hopefully only a few people saw it before it was corrected uh, early the next week. What point.
0: if we just continue? like we didn't record for a month and just kept posting the same the same episode over and over? How long until we got to zero <laughs> listeners? We're not going to do that. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. And uh, apologies. Uh, we'll rectify that with our quality control team. We're going to hire a crack staff of...
1: Yeah, I, I'm People. punishing myself. It's
0: so we're down to five men and five women for the World Athletics Athlete of the Year. Not the five I thought. New no either side. Sorry. So women's side, you got Sydney Rojas, Amusan, uh Garcia, the race walker, and Shelly and Fraser Price. And on the men's side, Ingebrigtsen, Mondo, Kipchoge, Lyles, and El Bakali. Um I've given my thoughts already on the women yep. on the other pod. I'll I'll happily do that again. But I the men's stuff came out today, so I'm more worked up about the men's stuff. And I think in general I would have been more worked up about the men's selections in general because of the addition of Albacali. But I'll, I'll I'll let you weigh in first.
1: Um all right. So well I guess you said you mentioned the women. So I I haven't changed my thought. To me it was a two woman race. Uh Frazier Price and McLaughlin. You are you are firmly in the McLaughlin camp, if I remember correctly. Um Yes. I have Sydney one, Fraser Price two. But yeah, to me the the it's a pretty big gap behind two, uh no matter who you have one. Um Rojas, of course, great, but you know, kind of pales in comparison to our previous I year. Have a three. Uh, I would agree. Uh, Amu-san, unbelievable finished her season, and the, and the peaks were there, but she also lost a few times. A bunch of um, times.
0: Seven times. Yeah,
1: seven times, even more than I thought. So, you know, she was the second-best high hurdler in the world for most of the season, and then she was the fastest ever, and that's awesome, and that was really fun. Um, but, but I'm going to be totally honest, did not have Kimberly Garcia, mm-hmm on my list. Neither did I. Um, we are completely biased against racewalking. So apologies. It's the house of run, mm-hmm. not the house of racewalk. Mm-hmm. So that's just that's 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 my own bias creeping in. So it seems like she was great. She was the wor- world twenty K racewalk champion. World thirty five K racewalk champion. Doubled up um I mean what more could she have done? Well she could have gone undefeated because I tried to take
0: my own you know, biases, like use
1: your own formula.
0: Yeah. I I said, Hey, let's just, let's just treat her like a marathoner or let's treat her like a 10 K runner. What's the rest of her record look like? And if you pull it up, she'd lost a bunch in both the 20 K and 35 K event. Like she, she got the double, which is great, but I don't see the, and this is weird. I get it. Like, I don't see the argument of
1: her over Sharika Jackson. That, okay. So, Sharika Jackson might have been my third place. I structure. had her four, but she should have definitely been in the top five. So this is, this is the problem. and it's, uh, I'm sorry, Kimberly Garcia. I congratulate you. You know, race walking doesn't get a lot of attention, but as you said, if she lost a bunch. Yeah. I'm not sure how that's more. Imp- I mean, Sharika Jackson got two medals, uh, runs the second fastest time in history. Yeah. That I'm lost for that. Um, but I'm also Shelly and Fraser Price is my athlete of the year. So they move off in a second. Shrika Jackson is third. List be damned. Yeah, I'm am doing a write-in ballot. Yeah. Um, on that one, and then uh, then I would probably go Rojas and Amusan uh, as uh, as my four or five. Um.
0: So Garcia Leon lost four times in those two events this year, and won three times
1: yeah i mean and then if you want to add in the 10 weird. the
0: 10k raw wall you know 10k and then the ten thousand, she had a couple second place finishes but anyway i just i mean i guess you could have made an argument i guess for kip Yegon in there as well too
1: kip Ye- yeah i mean kip Yegon was was fantastic we we went over she didn't run much it, it probably you know if she sets the world record she makes the list for sure uh um, yeah she she's she's just outside of that um you know, you're not going to find a bigger faith Kipriyanov fan than me, but like when you kind of look at it, if Kipriyanov had been on here and not Jackson, I still probably would have been like, "Hey, Jackson should yeah. have been on this team," um, but but Garcia just doesn't make a whole lot of sense here.
0: It was hard enough to get down to five because I f- I thought yeah. you had, you had six for five spots, and then if you want to extend it even more, you could have said, you know, Chase Ely was undefeated, eleven and zero outdoors, got silver indoors. But like, all right, okay, you, you settle on those six. But you know it's going to go down to five. And it's going to be a very tough year because of just how the women's um, women's field was this year. It was so good, right? So many deserving women. But then instead of making it easy and just like eliminating one of those big six, you're just like, well, why don't I throw in a race walker who was three and four this year? In the big competitions, let's just let's just put her in there. So now we have to displace two people.
1: What's the what is the selection process to get this down to five? Like what what exactly happens? It's
0: the twenty five percent social media, twenty five percent World Athletics family, and then it's World Athletics Council, which I don't know the difference between the two, but I think they have the they have the results. These are just the top five. They're not going to vote again, right? That's that's it with the vote. No, no, for yeah. sure.
1: I just – so I'm trying to figure out how a race walker made it on this list. And, I, and I'm and i really not trying to – Here's uh, my theory. To crap all over the race walk here. I mean did Peru just come through super strong in social media? Because then, you know what? Good for Peru and being proud of the, proud of the girl here. But. Well, I
0: would have thought, okay, geographically there's going to be some representation. If you're going South America, you already have Rojas in there. And yeah. you, you, the the net result is you don't have a distance runner, you have a race walker in there. I think it's because they wanted some road representation, and they're putting marathon together with road or with with mm. race walk, and and you can't get a women's marathoner this year because there's yeah. nine women <laughs> who could lay claim to it this year. Yeah, like you couldn't you couldn't make a compelling case for one. So you have the woman who doubled up at World Championships, which again. That's awesome that she doubled up, not taking anything away from it. It's just the bar this year was so high to even get in the top five. It's yeah. really tough to justify somebody whose non-championship record was like that. Now you could say, okay, Amazon was ten and seven this year. She broke the world record at the, yep. at the world championships, right? Like that's that's the argument for her. And she raced a whole hell of a lot. So let's give her some credit there too.
1: And she beat a woman who maybe could have made this list yeah. like if she had completed the goal. Yeah. like so it's like yeah she, yeah. yeah she had some good competition. diamond league
0: champion as well too like she she definitely had extra losses on her resume because she chose to race a lot now i guess you could say that same thing about garcia leon but that's just the difference is you run 12 12 like you're gonna get on this list that's just the reality of it so i don't know i don't know i you think okay geographic rep you know diversity event diversity as well too but it's weird to not have Jackson in there because you could make an argument. Jackson is number one. My my coworker has done that, Gordon, to an obnoxious level. He's made that argument. I I don't think it's it's wouldn't be my pick, but you could make an argument for her, and she's not even in the top five,
1: which is weird. Yeah, I don't think you can make an argument. She's number one. Um, I and I, she's my third place because the reason you can't make an argument she's number one is because she you know, consistently lost to Shelly and Fraser price. Um, in the one though, fine. but if you just look yeah. at the 200 as like, all right, she was, she only lost
0: once in the 200 and had two of the four best times in history that like, and then the other hundred is whatever icing on the cake.
1: That's, that's the argument for her. Yeah. Even then, I just don't see you have the argument for her as first, but I agree. I mean, she had an unbelievable season. It's, it's criminal that she's not on here because she should have been, um, yeah, but I'm I'm still going Shelly and Fraser Price, the goat having her best season ever, uh running a whole lot and just consistently just dominating mm-hmm. um to an extent that we've never seen before. And I totally understand the arguments for Sydney, and I'm not arguing against the arguments for Sydney. Uh she was impossibly good yeah. the couple of times that she decided to run mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> she just didn't run enough. That's really the only thing against her. All right, do you want to move on to the men? Yes. All right. I think your gripe with this
0: list is my gripe with this. So, well, I'll, I guess I'll I'll let you go first again. I'll I'll defer.
1: I mean, I'm yeah. Like I said, how it, does Mondo I mean, make this list? Not. Why is Mondo? Why <laughs> yes. Why is Mondo here? I mean, big deal. If world Records. Oh, okay. Um, Mondo Ingebrigtsen, Kipchoge Lyles. No doubt. Totally makes sense. Um El Bacali had a totally s- <laughs> good year in a pretty mediocre year. Like the steeple chase is back, but it wasn't like mm. fantastic. Mm. Right? Like it's back compared to the last few years, right? Like it was really bad there for the last three or four years.
0: It was fine. You had Germa go sub eight and he- you a had one times, other guy and who then who he was sub eight once.
1: That's great. Yeah. So you had two guys who were good this year. Um, you had one of the most boring finals uh, at the World Championships, <laughs> the, the the most boring one I watched live. Um, and you had Dos Santos, Dos Santos, who was unbelievable. And I mean, I, I'm sorry, I had more fun watching Dos Santos at the Wild Duck than I did watching <laughs> El Bacali at any point this year.
0: This is this is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. The Dos Santos isn't on this list. And I know every year I say I'm not going to get wrapped up in this. Every year, I'm not going to go overboard because it is so difficult to compare events. But you could compare these two, at least a little bit. One guy went 5-0. and The other guy went 10-0. The guy who went 10-0 and ran the third fastest time in history. The guy who went ten and zero also ran the seventh fastest time in history and the twelfth fastest time in history, and beat a healthy-ish Ry Benjamin at the World Championships, who is no, you know, is the second fastest man in the history of the event. This is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. I have Dos Santos four on here. You could make the argument. You know, th- I had a I, I had a Lyles, I think, and then you talked me out of it. But I don't even have Bacali in the top seven. I have Jakob five, Christian Che, who is nineteen and two, aka he competed four more times than El Bacali did. I have him six. I have Grant Holloway, despite his losses, because he competed a lot in seven. Also had an awesome indoor season. And then I have Albacali eight ahead of Anderson Peters. That's why I have Albacali.
1: Yeah, there I just don't see this scenario where he's in the top five. These other four are clearly ahead. To me, Lyles and Dos Santos are I mean, had almost the same season. I gave Lyles the smallest nudge because I think he was he ran a few more impressive races. Like their peaks were about the same, yeah. but Lyles Lyles maybe brought it a couple more times throughout the year. So that was that was just enough of the edge for me but um yeah no it's it, it doesn't make any sense at all uh i don't you know the, I, i'm trying to even come up with the argument it's like oh well he if ran one more Warhol final than sydney injured, he
0: ran one more yeah, final than no. sydney
1: yes and didn't run world record he to <laughs> run 734 <laughs> what's that so what would he have had to run, 734 well, in order to, that's uh, my point. to equal Sydney? That's my
0: point. And so I, I went yeah. back and looked, and then you're like, if you're just going based on times this year, he had the world lead, but Germa went under eight three times. This like, Germa had actually the better time resume. Now, overall, you'd take the gold medals. But, yeah, El Bacali was 758, which is good for 24th best all time. Then he had a 802- 807, 809.
1: Oh, don't forget his 825 at the World Championships.
0: I'm trying to forget that race. Again, it's a fine race. I just, how can you look at those two resumes? And the fan vote is the fan vote, whatever, right? But like, there was 75% of the vote coming in, not from fans. How could anybody have El Bacali ahead of Dos Santos? How could you
1: look also, at that resume? how would the fan vote have that? I mean, well, it's like, you again, know, you have a Dos Santos is like was wildly popular. I didn't though. I like, didn't look was... at the retweets. I don't know. The dance off, I I mean, just he was he was the mayor of Eugene there for a minute and it was very fun.
0: Yeah, you no, know, um, I agree.
1: Yeah. So, I think we both had Mondo as the uh the pick here.
0: Yeah. I mean Kipchoge okay. Kipchoge made it complicated because he decided to break the world record again but yeah my yep. my order isn't changing Mondo Kipchoge Lyles Dos Santos Jakob that's my that's my top 5 now so it's ultimately you're t- you're talking about advocating for a guy you think is number 4 <laughs> on here but I'm just perplexed that anybody could come to this conclusion like what is the argument against Dos Santos here Guy's an all timer, an absolute all timer in the event.
1: And, yeah, the only downside, and it has nothing to do with him, is that like, oh War- War- Warholm got injured. But okay, and it's that, and it's like, but but that's he was still unbelievably you good. You
0: could say you can use the he got injured thing if Dos Santos decided to run forty seven seconds at Eugene, but he didn't. He went out and ran 40 no, no, exactly six nine.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. On, like, exactly. If he if he had kind of yeah just gone undefeated. While the other guys weren't healthy, and yeah, he his best time of the year was forty six ninety. You'd been like, all right, that was a pretty meh year at best, and I I I wouldn't be doing it. But how he ran at the at worlds, um, a couple other you know sub forty sevens. Like he was was great. He was really really good. Great.
0: He was great. I mean, look, yeah,
1: Bacali's resume
0: listed on here on the World Athletics release: World three thousand meter steeple champion, Diamond League three thousand meter steeple champion. Unbeaten in 2022, running a world leading 758 in Rabat. Like you could have all condensed that into like unbeaten encompasses Diamond League champion and world champion. Like you just, you didn't need to say that over and over again. Right. Like it doesn't it just,
1: there's a yeah, lack and of accolades here. He ran, um, he ran once a month. He ran once in May, once in June, once in July, once in August, and once in September. Yeah.
0: And okay, that's, steeple, that's fine. it's different than the four hurdles, it's different than the 200, different than the javelin, the shot put, blah, 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 blah. But he only ran three more times in Kipchoge did. Three more finals. And, the, and I'm not giving him credit for the 2,000-meter steeple chase. And if you do give him credit for that, you should get your vote <laughs> revoked. I want your vote. You shouldn't You shouldn't get it. Um, if you're going to only run five times... I, and I feel the same way. I mean Marathons are not included in this conversation, and multi events aren't included in this conversation. But I really feel like strongly about this. Whether or not it's five k, four hurdles, two hundred, whatever. If you are only gonna run five times, you better be running some more records, or close to it. Yeah, all time. To- I mean, all time. <laughs> you have to. You have to throw strikes like Sydney every single time you are out there. You better in your semi run the tenth fastest time in history. And Al did not do that in Eugene. And, and I know, okay, he's not going to win overall. But still, like Dos Santos should be on this list. This, that's, that was a great season for Dos Santos. He didn't need to run 10 times. You know what we need to do next year, what I want to do? And maybe this will further my point. Maybe it will undercut my argument, but I'm at least interested in seeing it. I think we should norm the amount of expected races an athlete should do. And the way maybe we do that is we just look at the – it could be simple. Just look at the World Championship finalists and at the end of the year get an average number of races. Okay. And then say, all right, this person was at average or this one was like plus two or this person was minus two. Just to get some sort of baseline in each event so that way our expectations are somewhere in line. But like Dos Santos running 10 finals in the four hurdles, that's a, that's a healthy season. Oh, absolutely. Right? It's, yeah. And – it's, it's so it's not. I think he would have ended up being someone can go check my math on this and I'll, I'll fully admit if I'm wrong, but I think he's gonna end up being above average in terms of frequency of racing. Drake relays, I would, Doha, yeah. Pre, Oslo, Stockholm, Worlds, Chorzow, Brussels, Zurich, Bellinzona. He ran from end of April to second week in September. And he even ran two four hundreds, which are more valuable than a two thousand meter steeplechase.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't really disagree with it. It's uh, it's weird. I was surprised I, when I looked at both lists. I was like, "What, really?" Yeah. And then I looked at the other one. What, really? Like, just I don't. Shrika Jackson's an even worse uh, omission, in my opinion. But like Dos Santos absolutely deserves. To be
0: I here. think Jackson is a worse omission because you could make the argument of for her to be one although it's a stretch but you could definitely make it to be two or three right yeah but i think this is a more infuriating you know apples to app like this person should be out this because per- no one's arguing lyle should be out Jakob should be out kipchoge should be out or Mon- like it's very clear the yes. person that needs to be out and the person who needs to be added in there like it- it's very obvious based on their seasons and but calling because- Awesome, great. 5-0, and oh, that's great. Again, the bar for – like, you're going to get your resume picked apart if you're going to be a contender for Athlete of, the Athlete of the Year. That just happened. I mean, that's just – so Yeah, it. That,
1: it, and that's – I think that's the important thing. It's like, it's not – it's not like saying anything bad about these guys because you're right. Like, but Macaulay was great, and that's – but, like, when you are being compared against the other best in the sport, like, it's absolutely fair to just go, like, okay, mm-hmm. you only ran these few times – you you ran one time that was good, but not even close to an all time mark. A completely forgettable world championship performance. Mm. Like it's just like what what I, what what am I grasping onto? Yeah.
0: I knew they would do. Once I saw the women, I was like, they're going to do something silly
1: for the men. Yeah, or they're going to do something that's going to. And maybe it's just so people will talk about it more because if you had the five obvious one, it would be like, okay, well, sure, I think they're that clever. No, I don't, but <laughs> just throwing it out there.
0: Hey, so I'm going to Oklahoma this weekend. Oh. NCAA Cross Country Championships. Nice. Going to put on several coats.
1: Yeah. I'm going to be in Green Bay on Monday, so even more coats. Wow, okay. You outcoated me once again. Yeah. It's not a cooler trip. I mean, it's a colder trip, but it's not a not cooler a, trip. Not a cooler
0: trip. It'll be my second trip to Stillwater. I went there way back in the day, 2010 or 2011. Went to a meet out there. This nice. time, a cross country championship will be held. I've not, I haven't seen the new course; I saw the old course. So, anybody in Stillwater or in Tulsa, let me know where I should go. Staying in Tulsa, not in uh, Still. Tried to make it ha- an Oklahoma City basketball game happen. I don't. I think they're on the road though, so I'm not going to get to see mm. SGA or I can't name another player of the Thunder, but I'm sure chefs. Oh, Poku's on there. Oh, and uh, Holmgren's hurt, right?
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah. He's out for the season. That
0: sucks. Anybody else? Yeah. Who else is on the Thunder?
1: Uh, Lou Dort. Oh, he's still there. Okay. Yeah, they still got a Dort. Um, oh, I mean, I, I would have gone. I don't... SGA's been unbelievable this year. He's been he's been. been he's been
0: great. It just thinks he's on an irrelevant team on an irrelevant franchise. That's just unfortunate for him. But anyway, uh, so... Yeah, I'll talk. I'll be able to talk cross country next week. I guess I, I could run through some of the storylines if people are interested in. That give you like the quick,
1: you know. I'm, yeah, give me give me the cliff notes. I mean, you know you know <laughs> I'm not uh, is up on cross country. Yeah, most. well, and our European
0: listeners are probably like, man, Kevin, give me some cliff notes. Do they have cliff notes there? Are they called Cliffies mm. notes. What are they called over in, in the UK? Uh, Clifferton's Clifferton. <laughs> Prince Clifferton the <IV laughs> fourth of Abershire. Okay, so. Individually, women's side, you got an interesting race that is going to shape up. People anticipate between Tui, who won the 5K outdoors last year, and someone who might be under the radar for some people, but she has the potential to really break out, and that's Florida runner Parker Valby, who's just been absolutely tearing it up this cross country season. She's been good on the track as well, too. But she's really, really made a statement uh, on the cross country course, so that should be fun. I'm still taking Tui just because um, she's been on an absolute tear since cross country last year. But uh, Valby was runner up to her outdoors, and um, she's been tough. I mean, she's been she's been winning these races by like massive, massive margins. Team wise, Tui should. Uh, Lead NC State to the title, although it's it's cl- closer than people thought at the beginning of the year. Looked like they were just going to overwhelm people. Uh, probably going to be a battle up there between uh, New Mexico, Oklahoma State, NC State, and maybe Alabama. Alabama needs a fifth. Um, other individuals on the women's side, I'll throw a couple names at you, Ray Jason, for some more names. Of course. I mean, I think it's going to come down to those two, but but if it doesn't. Um, Mercy Chlangat, who's won a cross-country title. Taylor Rowe, racing at home. Kayla McCabe, um, she's solid as well, too. So keep an eye on on those five. I would be surprised if it didn't come from those five, the winners. Men's side of things, Nico Young. Familiar with his work. Heard of, of him. Of course. Yep. Yeah. Um, ranked number one on Gordon's rankings, um... Alex Mayer of Oklahoma State. Then Stanford has this crazy trio, right? Kai Robinson, uh, Charles Hicks, and Cole Sprout. Like they could have three in the top five in this race. Now they're four and five are going to be a bit back, but Stanford, I think that makes Stanford the favorite. I don't, they haven't won in, I think almost, oh, three, I think the last time Stanford men won. Like they always have. A very solid team. They always come in with a lot of expectations. They get great recruits, um, but they've they've had trouble, you know, getting over the top and like actually getting that win. So I'll be I'll be watching that. On the men's side, though, you know, BYU, Oklahoma State again will be good, and then NAU of course because NAU won the last two years. Um, they had a three peat before so they had a three peat, then they missed the four peat, and then this would be another three peat, but. They haven't looked like the same team this year, Jace. They have not looked like the same team. Uh, Nico Young's really good. Drew Bosley's really good. Uh, but after that, you know, there's a gap to their third, and then even getting five across the line is going to be tough. So, if NAU does it this year, it is an it's a legitimate upset. Don't be, don't be confused. Don't think, hey, NAU wins every year. No, that would be a legit upset, and in a way, the most impressive of of this run of titles, just because they're they're totally. Um, I don't want to say off the radar, but they're more likely to get fourth than they are to get first. Like if you had me bet mm. right now, I, I would say the odds would be better for fourth than first.
1: All right, I'm in, I'm intrigued. I'm I'm in. You're in. Okay, good. Yeah.
0: I mean, we'll uh, we'll see. It, it could be uh, there could be some there could be some. There's always some upsets, right? So I'm looking this up. So. Yeah, Stanford men. Yeah, 03. 3 That's the last time they won. So,
1: Dark Don Cardong on that team? What's no,
0: I mean, that was was that that was Ryan Hall though, right? Oh wow. Yeah, I want to say it was Ryan Hall.
1: Yeah, because he did he graduate the same class as us? Was he before was. Or 03?
0: He was uh he was before us was oh, one. Was... Yeah, yeah, that's right. Stanford cross country, let's see. Cardinal Men. That's I thought this was the was this the team that scored like barely any? No, that was yeah, 03. They scored 24 points. Whew. Yeah, this this was the this is a legit team. This was so Ritz won for Colorado. Hall was second. Uh then Stanford went. They went two, four, five, six. Ian Dobson was fifth. So they went two, four, five, six, twelve, thirteen. Holy wow. Their seventh man got thirty third. <laughs> women's ra- that's a pretty ridiculous squad yeah that's yeah women's race winner that year shillian flanagan wow oh yeah oh three big year but yeah good big year. year for sure so still water though tough course too when they had it there uh a couple years back i guess a year back it was in that spring because fall got canceled because covid there was all sorts of movement the last kilometer and there were some people who were really tying up so that could that could uh throw a wrinkle into things too. Perhaps the favorites won't uh won't pan out, but we shall see. Um You've never been to Oklahoma, have you?
1: I have not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've done Texas. Obviously. The wind oftentimes
0: to. does go sweeping down the
1: plains. Mm. Just No, you have to give me some updates from the ground, you know, I uh I will I don't know what's going on.
0: I will. I'll let you know what's like in I haven't been to Well, I guess I've – no, I've actually never spent time in Tulsa. It's all close together. It's like – because you can fly into Oklahoma City or Tulsa. They're both an hour from Stillwater. And then Norman, where University of Oklahoma is, is just outside of Oklahoma City. So it's all relatively close. That portion of it. You get outside that, I'm sure it's – you're driving forever to get anywhere.
1: I was going to say, I wouldn't have – Oklahoma is one of those states where – I mean, not to the extent Texas is because obviously that's the ultimate Mm – like dead space state um <laughs> that's true There's just, there's just so much room in between stuff right and like you're yeah, just like yeah. oh i've been driving in texas for 13 hours um yes
0: that is accurate
1: but i would have said i would have said oklahoma was like more like that but i guess uh you know maybe not
0: no it's all well yeah once you get out of that one little section then it's then it's like that mm. yeah it's not Las Vegas. Actually, it is probably a lot like Las Vegas when you get outside. Of I mean, Vegas is the
1: same thing. Going in any direction out of you know, once you're an hour outside of Vegas, you're you're in the middle of yeah. nowhere. Get up to
0: Washoe County, everyone's <laughs> favorite county these days. All right, uh, so I got a lot of seven million dollar ideas. Yeah. Here, and by I have them, I mean I have my email open so I can read them to you. How about that?
1: Even better. Um. I've got the listeners' eat ideas. I'm sorry, Kevin. Okay. personal. All right. Um. Here we go. Ready for these? Let's do it.
0: This is from... This first one is from Deuce. So how to spend $7 million. This is Phil Knight's money, right? That's what we decided because he spent $7
1: Oh, is that what we said? Yeah. Someone wrote in and said he spent, yeah, made, that that said he said,
0: spent $7 million on the Oregon governor's race.
1: Oh, that's right. Which, yeah, yeah. It might as well be Phil Knight's money. He's got plenty. Which, to update on that
0: story, his preferred candidate did not win, so he could have actually spent (laughs) his money... Should have spent this on
1: track. On track, exactly. He's barely put any money into track.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Milrose Games is February 11th. This is Deuce. The Super Bowl is February 12th. A Super Bowl ad is $7 million for 30 seconds. So I would pay for a 30-second ad. Then I would ask the people who run the Milrose Games... To make a 30-second edit of the mile as soon as it was done to be played during the Super Bowl. I just want to force 100 million people to watch the Wanamaker mile even if it was the 30-second version.
1: <laughs> it's a great idea. I like that one, right? I love it. Yeah, that's good.
0: Um, here's one from Noah in yeah. Oregon. You guys were discussing what you could do with $7 million in the world of track and field. I agree with you that you couldn't put uh, on much of a meet or series with only $7 million. However... You could pay for some insane head-to-head matchups if you offered a million dollars to the winner and nothing to second-place finisher except travel expenses and per diem. Now, they don't get per diem on my budget. No, zero per diem. You might get some really solid battles, and since it would be your million spend, you could pick the distances. Here are some suggestions. Sydney versus Thingmo over 400. Double the prize money if the record's broken. Warholm versus High School Arcade Flat over 800. Kipchoge versus Lex Young over 3,000 meters. Mondo versus Shelly and Frazier Price over hundred. Jakob a versus one. Killian Journey in the mountainous thirty-one kilometer <laughs> Sierras and all trail race, or perhaps Kipchoge versus the Comrades Marathon in Western States or UTMB. What would you want to? Who would you want to see race and over what distances? I somehow think the American TV audience would like to see head-to-head matchups almost more than traditional track races. The idea of one winner and one loser feels more. Like sports to most people, a marathon where 50,000 people enter and one wins seems more like an event. And if you really insisted on a larger field, I would add two more people to each race, one normal person from the audience to provide a visual indication of how much faster the pros were running. The TV audience would love to see a local dad try to run a 400 at the same time as Sydney. And Moe, and of course a celebrity athlete, because for some reason the Americans fans love it when any performance is related back to a sport they already understand. How good is a Warhol, you might ask? Well, he's even faster than John ja Morant. That's <laughs> the watchability would be off the charts. And thanks again for the awesome podcast. I increased my mileage recently, so I especially appreciate the engaging hour that each you guys put in each week. That is Noah. Okay, so I'm looking at his, his I'm starting just with his, right? So I'm looking at his example. Sydney versus thing. Mo. Well, that's, that's the main one right now for me, and maybe it's just because of the type of athletes we have out there, and they're great. But there's not a lot of hypotheticals out there, like Warholm versus Cade Flat. I guess it's because we want to see Warholm run the 800. That would be fun. But like, yeah. you know, Mondo versus Shelly Ann. I know how that one goes. Jakob versus Killian Jornet. Like, I guess his last one, Kipchoge in an ultra. But it's always good. But
1: I feel like Kipchoge. I just want to see him just destroy records. But yeah. But
0: Kipchoge would want more than a million for
1: an ultra. That's a lot of running, and that's because I also like the idea of like having the the you know having John Morant in there. It's like he's going to cost more than all the athletes did um, to get him to show up. Yeah, but I I still do like the idea of having some sort of celebrity in there. Um, Yeah, I mean the Mo Sydney is great. Totally agree. That's as far as hypothetical, because then you have like actual ones. It's like, can I get the four meter hurdle guys all healthy? Because that's the still the number one, yeah, yeah, one I'll just pay to see. Even They'll though just pay for their PT you know,
0: to make sure they're all. We'll healthy. get
1: to see it. We'll get to see it twice. You know, once every year at the championships. But like, you know, he. he but we need them all healthy, and we need to, We need to give them chance to uh, get in world record shape and all that fun stuff. Um,
0: when we did this exercise before with a dream eat, there was a lot of. Rudisha and Farah and Eaton and wondering how they would do in, in different events. And I just... I f- are those athletes just not... I know the men's 800 is not there. So is that part of it? Like what... Or have we just exhausted yeah, this to, opportunity? Who's... I don't know. Like I feel like it all just boils down to a thing Mo and Sidney McLaughlin at this point.
1: Yeah, those are really good. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to... Think of what else you'd do. So, I mean, Moe's your, your stud 800 runner going outside of the event, which we always love. But I think
0: part of it is because she's run the 400. Like she won an NCAA yeah, title in the 400. Yeah. We already have a bit of an idea what she would do in that event.
1: Perhaps that's it. And then. That's true. And, and Jakobs run like everything.
0: Jakobs run everything.
1: You know, Sharika Jackson. Which I want to see him run more, but it's also like, well, what am I, you know, well, it's not like there's there's not that wonder of what's gonna happen. The
0: men's hundred meter champion has also run everything, Fred Curley. Yep. The women's two hundred meter champion has run everything, Sharika
1: Jackson. So yep.
0: you know, Frazier Price has run the two hundred.
1: I guess we want we want Shawnee Miller Weibo in that four hundred, I guess. Yeah,
0: so. I think it all centers around the four hundred, but there's just less there's less mystery around a lot of these athletes right now for whatever reason.
1: Yeah, they have stretched out a little more. I mean, like Hassan would have been the thing before, but like you know, she's still she did it all recovering too, right? from the triple. Yeah, um, she's still recovering from the triple.
0: <laughs> she still has a bag of ice around her. Yeah, quads.
1: and then we need to get. I guess we get a, all of the sixteen best women marathoners in the world in the same race. Um, but yeah, you can't afford that. Yeah, it's it's expensive.
0: I do like the. the let's put Jot Moran in the four. <laughs>
1: I mean, like those kind of things. Though I agree. Like, actually, I was because when he said a regular person, I was like, "Oh, that's good." But I actually like it better when you get an athlete, you know, an NFL player or something like that. Yeah. Which, of course, he went right to afterwards. Which, because that's that's when you get the uh, the broader audience tuning mm-hmm. in. So, and then we got LeBron timing from for a mile. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which would cost I don't know fifty million. He won't even I do the dunk right?
0: contest though. He didn't do that. Uh, Craig writes in from Rockford, Michigan. This, this isn't specific to $7 million, but this is track and field improvement ideas. So now okay. that we're essentially in the off season, there's been a lot of discussion regarding improvements that could be made in the world track and field. I'd like to throw my hat in the ring by offering up my thoughts on an important item that could use improvements, world championships. I believe these are things that will serve the dual purpose of making it better for athletes and fans alike. Ready? Sorry. Yep. One accommodate do doubles. Not sure what the best schedule for doing this is. I'll leave it up to Jason and the other experts to determine. Yeah, he's already done that.
1: Thank you. Already done. Two. So happy to help.
0: <laughs> Two carve the schedule into stone. Yes. I hope he means literally. Like there's actually
1: a stone. I think so. I think there should be. A sword is in yeah. the
0: stone too. Yeah. <laughs> let's 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 go let's go all out with this. The fact that the schedule for Worlds changes for me to meet is the first of many items that I find absolutely baffling. Think about all the discussion that occurs in the show regarding doubles. Sydney and Moe in the flat 400, Hassan and whatever she wants to run. People are excited about the potential for those these things, but it always comes back to having to look up the schedule for the next meet to determine feasibility. And from an athlete's perspective, even if the next world schedule will accommodate a double, the one after may not. So you are left making a decision based on the possibility of doing it once. This definitely plays into the decision-making process and makes double attempts even rarer. If I knew that the foreign hurdles and flat 400 were sufficiently spaced to try a double and would be every world championship meet, I would be much more likely to plan for a double, even if it was just once in my career. Additionally, from a fan's perspective, having the same schedule allows fans to know when each event will occur over the course of the meet. Today, many of us know that the 4x4 relays last. It would be really nice to know that, for example, the men's 100 is day 3, the women's 1500 is day 6, etc., uh, number three, keep all events start times the same, prelims and finals. This is basically an extension. Number two. Uh, four, hold it every year. Obvious. Also baffling item. Uh, number two, right up there with there once upon a time when the Indianapolis 500 was shown on tape delay on purpose. Seriously, at a time when the Indy 500 was more popular than NASCAR and Formula 1 combined, they literally didn't allow it to be broadcast live.
1: NBA playoffs back in the day too.
0: Five, hold the meet on the same day from year to year, the third baffling item about world champs. It gets held at different times in the calendar from year to year. This may not necessarily be a big issue for athletes, but it's a big missed opportunity from a fan's perspective. It is not unreasonable to get attention paid uh, to your non-major sports from casual fans. In fact, it happens quite a bit. The aforementioned Indy 500, Wimbledon, Kentucky Derby, the Masters, the one thing these events have in common is they always happen at the same time each year. While I'm sure this has more to do with the fact that they occur at the same venue, the fact that they always get held at the same time allows a casual fan to learn this time frame, which increased ch- Increase the chances that they decide to tune in. You know, I didn't even think about that. I never even thought about that. But then you, th- even like college football games, there's traditional games that happen. Like this is on the, what is it? Is it Alabama, Tennessee? It's always the third October or the third Saturday, not the third October, the third Saturday in October. And like when USC and Notre Dame play and it's at, I forgot which one it was, but like when it's at USC, it's always like, the Saturday right before Thanksgiving because back in the day the coach's wife wanted to be in thank- L.A. for Thanksgiving or something and they just kept it. Like there's there's a lot of these in sports. And there's a lot of these where the venue changes. The Super Bowl venue changes, but it's always the same time or same – what is it? What It used to be the last Sunday in January. What is it now? The
1: second yeah, Sunday now in it's, February? Yeah, it's kind of like it, – it. it's always so – it yeah, change, it's, I it's I in that middle ground of, of first and second week of February. Um. But I agree. I I, I mean, it seems like across the board he's just like, hey, consistency is his biggest call, and I'm not disagreeing with it. Like it's it makes a lot of sense. It's just like, hey, carve out a time when you can kind of be the center of the the sports world kind of. I know this track will never be that. Yeah. But like, you know, give yourself a chance. And yeah, yeah, keeping it the same. I agree. I mean, the only downside I can even see with any of this is the I love the set schedule. I guess then you're just a decent chance you eliminate triples, which I know yeah. those are so rare anyway, so I'm not really worried about it, but that would be the only thing um, that would be any, any concern, but I'd still, I'd still agree that I'd rather it be the same. Always.
0: At the end of the world championships this year, they had a, they had a press conference open to the media with Sebco, And I knew, you know, usually the big ones like that, you get a chance to ask one question. And yeah. I wanted to ask him about the false start rule because I felt like that was some. He had talked about it a little bit, but he hadn't given yeah. his opinion on it. And he had been outspoken about a bunch of different issues, you know, the, over the preceding three months as it related to different issues in track. I was like, I want your opinion. And he kind of he dodged the question, so I didn't do a good job. But I, if I could go back in time and I knowing what I did, that he was not going to answer that directly, I think I would have just said. Why is there not a set schedule in track and field? Right. (laughs) That would have been it. I just said, why do we need to change this every single time? Like, can you explain, explain to me as if I'm five, like, why does this need to change every single time? And I don't know if I would have got a sufficient answer, but I'm curious about what he would say
1: now. Why should the best athletes in your sport have to petition to get a schedule changed?
0: Yeah. And why should they, why should they be left guessing? Why should they have to say, I'll have to look at the schedule every single time I do like I I get what you're saying about, um, you know, the challenges that could come with having a set time, but it would be, and I I don't think it would be, it wouldn't catch on, um, outside of the track and field world, not this generation, right? Because these traditions they take time to build, but just say, say the World Championships were always, let's just, or whatever, the third week in July, right? And that's after NBA is done, right? MLB is sort of in the doldrums of summer. There's yeah. no football, and you always knew that on Tuesday and Wednesday that was going to be the men's hundred final and the women's hundred final. That's kind of cool. Now the problem: the time zones, right? So it's not. I could yeah. like at nine p.m. Eastern, the the fastest man in the world is going to be crowned on the in the third week in July. And then we're gonna wait a year, and then they're gonna do it again. So th- that sort of screws it up. But if it was in the world where the U.S. hosts every World Championship, which I think they're in line to do because everybody loved Eugene, like that would be a co- that would be a cool way to do it. I think.
1: Yeah, and even if you know, <clears throat> with the time difference and stuff, obviously, yeah, you'd have to tweak that. But it's like. You could still have it around the same time every year. Well, what if it always, always
0: uh, August 1st? Like, it's just that August 1st is when we decide the the fastest humans on the planet for the 100. Right. Just aug- because, yeah. drop what you're doing. August 1st, we set it. <laughs> and then everything is just, like, the road to August 1st. You like that idea?
1: I kind of love it. Yeah. I think it's good marketing, right? Absolutely. I mean,
0: the other events would sort of just fall in after that. But just because... World's yeah, fastest you just tweak.
1: if normally the hundred is on day 4 yeah. then you just tweak your schedule around that but right well, yeah um, i just
0: thought it was it's kind of just, people latch on to the world's fastest man world's fastest woman oh absolutely woman thing, no no i right? think that's so it's
1: it's just i think that's the move um and i mean it's not part of his thing here but I mean, the, the, the championships and the olympics need to be at the end of the well season. he's not
0: he's not done yet we're like only okay, a third sorry. of the way through this email It's a long email more good venue care. yeah that was just the schedule section there's a venue section venue should be limited to a small group of cities I don't have an exact number mine but at least four maybe six or seven I'll leave it up to the experts to determine which cities but I'm pretty sure there's an obvious list of candidates that have great stadiums and proven track record pun fully intended of filling those stadiums with fervent fans one of the dumbest ideas ever to enter the head of people in charge the idea that playing your sport in a new location will help grow interest in your sport. A one-off event in a city with no history of supporting the sport being played at the event only ensures you will have an empty, quiet stadium, which is the last thing you want to have on full display when people turn on their TVs. No argument for me there. Yep. Uh, Final crazy idea. One last item that I'm sure many most will think is a bit out there. In my listing suggestions regarding schedule, number four is hold it every year. You may think this simply means we need to end the practice of having an off year from Olympics and Worlds nope when i say every year i mean literally every year olympics be damned oh, i know at first blush it sounds blasphemous but let's stop thinking about it but let's stop and think about it not let's stop thinking about it <laughs> that would change the meaning of a sentence from a strictly track and field perspective what do the olympics offer that is different from the world same events same format gold silver bronze medals, same level of competition from an athlete perspective I really don't see that the Olympics offer anything the Worlds doesn't. Certainly what they do offer is a bigger TV audience and more casual fan interest, which, yes, that's one thing we'd like to improve, but I would argue that is something worth sacrificing if you could have a World Championship meet every year with all the improvements I listed above. And here's the thing. The Olympics are very dependent on track and field. So if this actually came to fruition, you can bet that the TV networks would be looking to ramp up their coverage of track and field worlds. Now, I know everyone is thinking the same thing, no chance in hell. But here's the interesting thing. I was in California recently and happened to buy a Powerball ticket. Just kidding. What's interesting is just <laughs> trying to implement – that was his that was his joke. I'll give him credit for that. Like uh, trying to implement my schedule and venue ideas within the confines of world athletics is essentially impossible, which is sad because they're mostly common sense – uh, and not very difficult to implement. However, it is entirely possible to do it outside the confines of world athletics. It may seem like they have total control, but in reality, they have very little control. In fact, they have zero legal authority. The power comes from the fact that they are the only governing body, not the best one or the one chosen by the athletes. Perhaps they control the trademark for World Track and Field Championships, but the thing that makes it the true championship meet is the athletes who attend. Just ask yourself this. Who was the best marathoner in the world in 2022? It sure as hell ain't the guy that crossed the finish line of Eugene first, whose name I didn't bother to look up. And it will work for the rest of the events exact same way. All it will take is a bunch of money, and it could get done. Perhaps myself or someone else can delve into the feasibility later, but for those that doubt it can happen, I've got two words for you. Live golf. Mm. That is Craig in Rockford. So, I want to go back to the idea of Olympics and Worlds happening at the same time. In your vision, would that be
1: um, like which would go first? Worlds first. Uh, what are we? What are we saying? Well, I guess. The the, diff, the different – well, Marathoners, we don't care about anyway in this scenario because they don't care about Worlds. Um, So let's say three weeks before is when I want uh, Worlds. And the people
0: in this, they're going to care about it just as much because why? Why would the athletes show up? I guess is the question.
1: I guess if it's the World Championships and you're setting it for the the peak the same way. I mean <clears> – <throat> Olympics are always still number one, right? No matter what. Um, Otto Bolden said the Olympics are 10 out of 10. The world championships are nine out of 10. Mm -hmm. Like that, that sticks with me. And that's still really good. Nine out of 10 is really, really good. And I still think, I still think most of the athletes would show up. Like if it was three weeks before, um, I don't, I don't see necessarily why. I mean, money, right?
0: You'd have to have some sort of outside incentive to get there. No one's going to go run three rounds or, they're, no one's going to run a hard 10,000 three weeks before unless there's some sort of – if if they're weighted the same as they are now, right? But maybe this in this world they're both 10s because of – there's this new structure. I just
1: – Yeah, and I mean I, I, I'm i not necessarily uh, saying we need a world championships in our Olympic years because I would just really love to not have an off year. Yeah, um, that first. But uh, – I'd love the chaos it would cause. That would be that'd be really interesting. Yeah. And then when we get weird, like champions, where we'd be like, "Well, he was a world champion in the Olympic <laughs> year." I don't know if that really. Yeah. I want there to be
0: one. Like I want there to be a culminating event every season. I like that. Yes. I like championships. Yeah. So I will settle for one as a, and not push my luck for two. I want the other things to be relevant, but I think the other things. In track should be in service of, you know, pointing towards that ending moment. Now, you could say, hey, golf, tennis, or even marathons, there's not one, there's multiples. But I, I just think it, the sport is set up a little bit differently, or at least it, it's different enough, or those other events are different enough to where that's just. I don't know. If you could have multiple. I get what I mean. There's two. There's two seasons in the marathon, basically, right? But the problem is you don't get them head to head. That's the trade off. You know, you have you yeah. have two instead of one, but you have to luck your way into getting awesome fields. So I I I'd, I'd almost trade that for one, and that's why it's different than tennis or golf, where you're getting everybody there. Right. I guess if you could change it to where there's everybody there, then you, then you, you you do that. But, um, and then like, what do you do with indoor? You just get rid of indoor and make that an outdoor. Like, there's an outdoor championship. Then it's just tough because it's not it's not set up that I don't know. It just doesn't. It's hard to imagine that working. I know a lot of people like that idea, but it's 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 hard to see like logistically like that. The obstacles for that one would be enormous.
1: Yeah, you just got me thinking of if what if they just made four marathon majors and they were on January first, April first, mm-hmm. July first, and October first. Yeah, yeah. Like each three months apart, and then that's how they were decided. And then it was, but it was <clears throat> only the four. So you'd have to run. So would I prefer that to just to with the current setup of fall spring where there's three marathon three majors each. Yeah. So you just have, you know, whatever it is, London, Berlin, Boston. Yeah.
0: Or they rotate or something like that. Yeah. 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 Or the elite field has to go. Like there's still the New York Marathon, but New York City Marathon, but it's just the same.
1: But it rotates. Yeah. So that way, I mean, still the majority of the uh, athletes probably don't run four marathons. um, But maybe you say you have to run three to qualify for the. World Marathon Major Championship, or something. I don't know. You skew the points that way, yeah. or something.
0: Yeah, no, I, th- I think that'd be cool. I mean, four would be tough, but if you said three, you know, that would be cool. I, but like, would you want to see that for track? I guess is my question because track, you need the other races to get like ready. It's not as right. if a marathon is gonna be like one shot at it. So would that even logistically work? Like, I'm kind of, I'm fine with track the way it is. I just want the other stuff leading up to it to matter more so that other... So we see the awesome people compete against other awesome people. That's more my reasoning.
1: Yeah. Like, the championship itself
0: is fine. There's flaws with it, but it's, like, fine. It's everything that leads up to it that's a problem. And after it. Yeah,
1: I agree. I I don't think it's... I don't think it would be better to have multiple championships in the same year. But you're right. Like, I mean, I, I still want the regular season to be more incentivized, but I... You know, again, it's money is probably the the main way you do that, or buys and different things like that. Like we talked about, mm-hmm. getting a buy pass so you only throw two rounds, or, yeah. or you know, whatever it is.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess because people always jump to, to tennis and golf, but that's just I don't know. It's a different. It's one event too, right? Or you know, you have doubles, I guess too. So you get men's, women's, and then doubles and mixed doubles, whatever. But it's a series of one-on-one matchups makes it a little different
1: yeah golf is just one giant yeah. event so it's like yeah, we got the whole thing's
0: over in a couple days so um and, y- and you don't I-, I know that they play tournaments to get ready for it but in track you know you use that season to get ready and you have to narrow down the fields somehow as well too which gets us back to original point but okay let's keep moving yeah <sighs> got one here from Oh, and in Dublin, but I need to watch. There's a video attached, and I f- forgot about it. So, I need we're gonna do that one next pod. So, I'm gonna hold on to that one. The suburban line is airport marathon, but it's not Kipchoge. So, I'm interested. I need to re- watch the video though. I don't want to be mm. ill informed. Uh, here we go. This is from this is a long one too. Alex, former mediocre sprinter, suburban yep. line. I'm a hater. Gentlemen, there's something I need to get out of my chest. I've been having these lingering feelings for a few years now. The first time I remember these feelings stirring was a few years ago at the New Balance Indoor Grand Prix in Boston. I was waiting for the headline event, the one featured in all the emails <laughs> and on the website. Sid the Kid, the young Olympian, and one of track and field's brightest stars. And then startling news that has now been beaten into my head as a familiar pattern. At the last minute, Sidney McLaughlin would not be competing. Instead, a big, fat DNS. Sorry, fans, them's the breaks. This would become predictable. Almost all of the big New Balance events feature the same disappointing legion of fans accompanying the same big fat DNS around just hours or even minutes for the scheduled start time. Fellas, I'm coming out of the closet as a City McLaughlin hater. Someone called Kevin Durant top to in my mentions. I don't care that she's good. I don't care that she's the best her event has ever seen. I don't care about her world records, medals, or 100 hurdle times. I'm a hater because she's not fun to watch and she doesn't even look like she's having any fun either. At least in that, we are the same. Originally, I thought I was rooting against her because I wanted to see Dillel Muhammad win, but seeing her sit unsmilingly after her most recent world record cemented it for me, as I sat unsmilingly on my couch, reveling in the despair that her success inflicted upon me, I started telling my closest confidants, but now in the wake of yet another Sydney-focused track and field news cycle, I I confront my capital T truth publicly." So there it is, fellas. I will be your anti-Sydney correspondent, secretly writhing at each positive news story or success and reveling in her failure. Sport, they say, brings out the best of us, Sidious, Altheus, Fortius. Here's my first take. <laughs> she will not break the world record, and it won't be close, and I can't stand the hype around it. Her 4 year hurdle time is 3.08 seconds away from the world record. Can she drop that time? No. Warholm is 2.8 seconds away with his time. minute hurdle time. Where's the Warholm world record hype train? we the legions of prognosticators. It was barely a flash in the pan when he stepped up to run the flat 400, a speck of dust in the frothy Norwegian fjords. Let me add some more perspective. It's poetry right here. <laughs> and he's rolling at this point. 3.08 is this. Okay, listen. Let me just stop right here. He's yeah. talking about her. Is he talking about? He's, okay, he's talking about her 400 hurdle time. Okay. Sorry. I just had to, I just had to make sure he wasn't using her 400 PV. Uh, 3.08 is 6.1% time improvement in time for Sid over 400 hurdles. Warholms 2.86 represents 6.2% improvement. Those are functionally equivalent. Next, Sid is 5'9". Hurdles are 30 inches. That means the hurdle height is 43.5% of her height. Warholm is 6'2". And his hurdles are 36 inches or about 48% of his height. I'm no Bill Nye, but that means it's relatively easier for Sidney to clear hurdles in Warholm, and that she is running relatively closer to top speed than he is in her hurdle race. So her improvement moving... From foreign hurdles to flat will be less than Warholm's. Oh, if only we knew how fast Warholm was over a flat four hundred. What's that you say? He has raced flat 400s with some regularity f- for a few years. I guess his four hundred meter world record hasn't been ratified yet by the Grand Poobah of track and field. <laughs> no, he's not close. Flat out, far away. The man who runs the hardest first two fifty than anyone is not is just not good in the four hundred. Well, what about if he trained and peaks specifically for it? There's a reason he doesn't keep trying, folks. And I will leave it at that. Your counter argument is going to be that the 400 specific training plans plus their 400 peak will be enough to carry her over the finish line. But there's absolutely zero evidence to support that conclusion. I mean, none. The best evidence we have is Warholm's flat 400, Femke Bowl running 49 44, which is a breathtaking 1.84 seconds away from the flat 400 meter world record. And then what? A relay split? Someone go ask Allison Felix how it feels to have the world record in the 400 before I even begin to entertain that as a useful metric. All the evidence points away. There's literally nothing supporting her ability to do this. Again, <laughs> Sydney will not come close to the flat 400 world record. All the hype around this is just whipped up by a bunch of amateur... Or by a bunch of, excuse me, lousy Stephen A. track-type armchair pundits sitting on a throne of lies. Also, I'm pretty sure I heard you two discussing that she would be world-class in the 800 if she trained for it. I literally don't have the energy to tackle that right now. It's too, Kevin, who once so faithfully defended the event from Jason who thought Warholm could run a 144 or some equivalent nonsense. That's from Alex, the former mediocre spreader. <laughs> Whew.
1: Man. Whew. Yeah, that's good. That was a great email. That was, I, I love it. I like the arguments. Um, I I even like the haterness. I, I enjoying that, even though I disagree with most of what he says. <laughs> um, it, it, I do think Sydney's gonna be really really good in the four hundred. Um, did I did I, I say shot. she'd
0: be great in the eight hundred? I thought I said she could break two if she trained. I think that's what I said, which is not anywhere I, close to.
1: Yeah, I, I said she couldn't be – I said I, I don't think she could approach a thing, though. But I said if she trained, I said I, I think she could be a 156 something. Yeah, that's way, I, I, I disagree with that. Which I 100% but... am standing by. Okay, um, But with my warholm take, it shouldn't be a surprise. 156? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think if she literally was like, I want to do the 800 from now on. Like I don't think she's running it this year, but I absolutely think she could do that. I think with the, the okay, talent,
0: keep going. Don't, do don't worry about. It. We don't need to do this again. Um, we know where each other stands. There's like fun. 20
1: women who run 156 now. Um, flat four, I think she is worst case a mid 48 runner. Like I just yeah. think that's who she's going to be this year if she runs it with the thing is she may run it once. Yeah. Um, so it might not give us the the best take. Um, the world record is a long shot. Like I still think it's possible, I would bet against it, I think it's unlikely yeah. um, but uh, I think it's I I don't think it could be discounted completely Um. she has just done she just keeps getting better at the 400 meter hurdles and I get she's still a long way away and I, I even, I like the arguments with the the hurdle height and everything else um, and I'm not even disagreeing that Sydney's not that fun to watch even though she's so good Um. I w- but, but here's uh, the
0: thing I think what undercuts his, ar- the second part of his argument or the second portion of his email in a way undercuts the first because she's trying, she's going to try something new and that in and of itself is going to make her very fun to watch. It would have been very easy for her and she hasn't done the 400 yet. So we can hold off and review this later. I
1: guess that's the big thing too is we're, we have to see if she, like, it, I mean, she's saying she's going to do it, but, like, how much are we going to get to do it? Because I could see us getting very excited, and then she runs it one time this year. They,
0: it wasn't us that was mentioned the world record stuff. No, I agree. It was her and her I coach. Agree. And I give them credit for bringing it up. I give them credit for aiming high. And that's why I would say if she does do this, then maybe – He should reconsider his stance. Now, if you don't like an athlete because they don't celebrate or whatever, that's, I guess, just a matter of personal taste. Some people like that. Some people don't like that. Whatever. But it would have been easy. It is easy for her to just stick with the foreign hurdles and continue to dominate. And she didn't even need to break a world record again anymore, right? She can never run as fast as she has. I don't think Femke Bowl is going to get to that time. I don't think anybody else is going to get to that time during this era. And she could win, What? Four more golds, probably.
1: At least, probably. Yeah, yeah.
0: and she could be the the face of the 2024 Olympics, maybe 2028 Olympics for USA track and field. But she's putting it out there, at least initially. She's putting her toe in the water to do it. Where I agree with him is there was this consensus about how this – like that this mark would go down, and I just think the way I – explain I think this is to you, right? Like think about how fast Shawnee Miller Weibo was and you gotta go a half you gotta beat her by a half a second. Like that to me
1: Oh yeah. No it's it's an absurd time. Yeah.
0: And that that mark is out there. Now the two things that I think are going against it. One is we would have said the same thing five years ago about the women's hundred and the women's two hundred. So you yeah. have to just allow for the possibility that um Unbreakable records sometimes can become break breakable. Now, maybe we've already seen that record be chased as far as it can go with Miller Weibo running that fast and Nasser, yeah. yeah, before the suspension. Yeah, I mean I just throwing And the other thing is the Sydney, just the Sydney element of her being this young and running this fast in the four hurdles. Now I I take his point about Warholm and and the hurdle height and all that stuff, but you know, certain people are going to be suited for Different events and Warholm did multis, so he did a he did a bunch of stuff. But we've always known Sydney was a flat farming runner. Like you could you could have put Sydney in the quarter this year, right? And she would have easily made the final, top five,
1: top. Th- she would have medal. She would have medal. Right? Like I, I think she would have medal.
0: You have you have Milueva, you have Paulino. You would
1: have you would have Sydney in there. You wouldn't. She would have had to run forty nine seven to medal. Yeah. Okay. Like, so that's
0: sort of a bad cool. example, but like. But but the compares but the men's 400 wasn't actually wasn't the bee's knees this year either right and like was anybody saying Warholm would have meddled no he wouldn't have meddled in that race even if he was healthy he wasn't meddled like they're just they're a different caliber of 400 meter runner now why does that work out that way with the percentages and the hip heights and all that other stuff I don't know but the other thing I was gonna bring up was her 4x4 split but he kind of took that and threw that in the dumpster for me so I can't uh, I, I I give him credit for anticipating the counter argument well done.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, and I don't think uh, you know a four hundred split is not a direct correlation to what they can actually run. We know we've seen some insane, yeah, yeah, completely insane four hundred meter splits. I think at least it matters. Do I think F- Felix, at her best, was like a forty nine two, like her PR states? Absolutely no, not. No, I no, mean, she or yeah. she should have been running the four hundred, yeah. she was still running the two hundred and the hundred. Yes, yes, correct. For some reason, yeah. remember that? Yeah, she ran the hundred, dude. Why? I hated it. It Made no sense at the time. You and I were, we were on the were island. All, we were on Felix Ford Yeah, we were, were on the island begging her to go cuz at that point we thought she could be the best 400 meter runner in the world. So she was I think she was a 48 something, you know, but you can say 48 high, fine. Yeah. But um and so maybe you'll say, "Hey, that's all Sydney's going to do." Like I said, "I think I'd be shocked with a few chances like real actual effort put into these races." And I know that's a that can be a big ask from Sydney cuz she does not run very often. But if she actually get, puts forth a honest effort in multiple races, I expect her to be a 48-mid 400-meter runner. At her peak? No, like this – Oh, know. yeah, yeah.
0: I I mean, I, I still – I think she could break the the American record. I think she could probably get under um, where Miller
1: Wave like was. I'd, I'd just be shocked if she's worse than that. Yeah. Like I know, it's, which is kind of insane. Yeah. Like that's a really high bar to say that's her floor.
0: If she breaks forty eight, that would be incredible. But then she'd have to go another four four tenths. Um, yeah. So it's still it's still tough. But this is why, the reason why we talked about it and angered Alex and other people who don't want to talk about it was because it was noteworthy. Because because she's putting herself out there, and because it is making her. Even though she always was must watch, it was getting to a point where we, you could see all right, what's going to be the next chapter? And she decided, instead of keeping the same thing going over and over again, to take on a new challenge. And who isn't going to be interested in seeing? This is what we've always wanted to see. She's actually, if she does it, going to put it into action. Now, the reason she's doing it is because she just managed to be the greatest of all time at her event before before she even hits her mid-20s. Not everybody has that luxury to do it. But she's gonna do it, and I think we got to we got to tip of the cap, right? If if you're gonna if we're gonna critique her for not racing more or whatever it is, like you got to also give credit for the fact that she's gonna do this if and when she does do it. I think so. I'm trying to be fair.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. If, if and I, you know, like you said, they were the ones who brought it up, so she should run it. Um, I won't be surprised if she runs it once. <laughs> not not I, would be,
0: I would be I'd be surprised. I think I don't think. That stuff gets said unless there's follow through. Like I,
1: I, I hope yeah because I hope you're right. I've
0: listened to enough interviews with her and I've listened to enough interviews with with Bobby Kerr and just track people talking in general. I know when they're just saying something to say something. Like you knew when Usain Bolt was being asked, "Hey, are you gonna break 19 seconds in the 200 this year?" It right. was like what 2017 or something, and you knew he's no freaking way, but he wasn't gonna say that. Right. This the way they spoke about it made me think that this is going to be a legitimate attempt, and it lines up with what we've. What else is she going to do?
1: No, I agree. It makes all the sense in the world, and I want that to be the case. And i i I think you're I think you're probably right, but I still am just a little you're you're gun shy. Yeah,
0: yeah. You're hold. You don't want to get hurt,
1: basically. Yeah, pretty much. Because I, you know, I always dive in Mm -hmm. fully. And then every once in a while, it's a kiddie pool, and I'm like, "Oh man, my head hurts."
0: <laughs> That's a good one. Have you used that before? Yeah, thanks. Uh, no, I don't okay. think so. I just kind of popped. In. Right.
1: Side note: I know you're saying, "Well, the four hundred, you know, Warholm and the four hundred hurdlers couldn't have meddled in the four hundred this year. None of them could have run forty-four sixty-five. Not one of them." Well, it's tough
0: because Warholm was hurt, right? So, yeah, Warhol wouldn't have done it this but year. But Sa- so I think
1: Dos Santos could have run
0: 44, I mean, he was, Yeah, he, he wasn't did. great. He ran two quarters this year, though—one in the beginning of the season, one in the end of the season. 44-54. and then 45-11. Like he didn't—he didn't blow me away. That was a weird. They're gonna—we're gonna find out ten years from now. That it was like super glue on the track or something. That was just like a strangely slow. I know. I don't think they would have medaled. I'll. Mm-hmm. It defies. It defies. Ex- what well, if you told me Michael Norman was going to run that slow? I would have said no way. Too I, everybody was slow.
1: Well, Michael Norman doesn't run fast in championships.
0: Well, I just there Is was something was weird s- about that one. Race. At this point, there was something weird about that one race because that was the same night that Miller Weber ran that night, right? And the and then Sydney ran that right too, right? And it just for some odd reason it was just terrible, terribly slow. I don't know. I no. Yeah. I, I don't think Warhol. We saw Warhol run the four hundred last year. I did, it just—he's a four-meter hurdler. That's what he. No, no, I agree. I, I, I agree. I agree. Just,
1: I just—I do. I think he could run forty-four-five. Yes, yeah. but
0: it's like you could—you could talk about. Yeah, yes, he could. He could run forty-four-five. I'm not saying he can't run forty-four-five. I just—I don't think he's one of the best three in the world. Sydney is one of the best three in the world. Would have been one of the best three in the world last year. All right, one more email. You ready? Yep. Yep. Um, this is from Brian, who sends along a tweet from from Jesse Squire. <clears throat>
1: Ah, track super fan. AKA
0: track super fan. Uh, so, suppose the six-star finishers medal idea was created for a series of U.S. marathons. So, he's talking about the the world marathon majors, but then applying it to the U.S. So, he says, three would, of course, be Boston, Chicago, and New York City. What would the other three U.S. majors be? And Brian says, this is Brian from Knoxville. Uh, I know the fourth would be Knoxville marathon, but I'll let you guys fight about five and six. And yes, I know. I said U.S. only world marathon. But... Um. Yeah. So, if like, what are the what would the big six be mm. in the U.S. Who would you add to Boston, Chicago, and New York? Las Vegas, rock and roll. Okay, that's four.
1: That's four. That's what else? that's my specialty, you know, because it's House of Run. So, is there an Austin marathon? There is. There There's a marathon there everywhere, go, so you can just is. name. Yeah, it's true. Um, no. So, what are the what are the other good? I mean, you got like an L.A. marathon. Mm, not great. It's it's fine, right? Um, doesn't have it's,
0: the tradition. Doesn't have the tradition. I get no Houston. So like, what do you as a
1: Houston? Yeah, what do I you mean, pick? Are you it.
0: picking like based on where people go and run like fast? Are you picking it based on um, size of the marathon just in general? Are you picking it based on like allure of the city? Because if you if you're talking about where people go and run fast, you'd have to put CIM in there in Sacramento because people run fast yeah, there. That's true. Uh, grandma's you know, Twin Cities, Houston. I mean, I think it would probably come from that it would probably come from that group, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: LA should be right. there, but LA just it like the course yeah, has changed it just and it just doesn't yeah. never
1: Yeah, and you need cool yeah, I mean I think part of it needs yeah it needs to be tradition. Like, it's gotta be around for a while. Um it's a really cool course. Yeah. You know? One of them I mean, Chicago's pretty fast, but you could probably get one other like really fast one in there. Houston's pretty fast, right? Yeah. Houston's very fast. I think it, So Houston's a good one. I
0: guess if someone was coming from overseas, right, and they said, Hey, I want to run the best marathons the US has to offer. Be like, yeah. Like the first one you'd you'd probably say Boston. I mean, I'm gonna anger some people, but you'd probably say Boston won. Then you'd probably
1: Yeah, you'd say, Are you fast enough to run Boston? Well, you should do that.
0: Well, and I I guess you'd go New York, New York's probably, yeah. probably next New York city, But then I yeah. think after that, even before Chicago, you'd probably pick like the big Sur, something with in like this on like a, in like an iconic location. Mm-hmm. I, I think you might do that before you'd go to another big city. I guess it just depended on the marathon runner, but we'll, we'll leave Chicago in there. Obviously they've earned, earned it. They deserve it. Justin Fields is quarterback. He's running things over there.
1: Damn right. Um,
0: I mean, CIM has rich tradition. I feel like CIM needs to be in there. I feel like.
1: Yeah, CIM should be.
0: Houston, and then, yeah, one of the ones in Minnesota, I'd say. That'd probably be my pick. Knoxville, seven. Knoxville just missed it. Sorry, Brian.
1: (laughs) Knoxville and Las Vegas uh, rotate. Yeah.
0: I think there's space there. There's space for another big,
1: like, really good one. Yeah. To sneak in.
0: Yeah. What the U.S. has, though, is the road races that aren't marathons, right? The famous, you know, Bix and Lilac Bloomsday and Boulder Boulder, like all those cities that have the 10K or the 12K or the the 20K, right? The, all the the fast, the Manchester road race on Thanksgiving. Like that's what – the U.S. has a lot of those yeah. out there. I mean I'm, every country has those as well too, but a lot of those cities, they don't necessarily put on like a mega – famous marathon but they put on like an awesome road race that's a shorter distance which i think is cool for bucket list stuff too because yeah marathon's great but those those like the shorter stuff you can do more of them too so why not yeah
1: yeah you don't have to it doesn't have to be a marathon to be an iconic race but yeah yeah i mean that's I, i think that's a pretty good list i think uh those are the ones that make the most sense i think you want cooler ones and you know it's the one thing just regular big city ones obviously i mean Boston, New York, Chicago are are staples. They've been around for a long time, but yeah. Then I, then I would like to go a little smaller for the other ones that aren't. So the one, not that they're small, but you know, it's, yeah. The one marathon I ran
0: Portland was, I think probably pretty similar to a lot of big city marathons, save for Boston and New York. I mean, I've never run Boston, New York, so people can correct me if I'm wrong, but you start, in the city right like right in the midst of it there's a lot of energy but then there's a huge stretch where you're just sort of out there yeah and you're not in downtown anymore and you're just running along some sort of quiet roads several miles outside of downtown there's some spectators but not a ton and then you eventually work your way back into downtown and you hear some more people the last like mile or two and then that's it and it's cool like don't get me wrong it's fun but I think when you're if you haven't run a marathon, you're watching it on TV, and you're seeing the leaders, you're expecting that sort of like interest and in reception throughout the marathon. That's that's not the case even in the big city marathons. There's a long, long, long time when it's pretty quiet out there.
1: Bo- yeah, it's hard to do with a marathon.
0: They're really they're really long. Well, Boston I think is the exception with with spectators the whole way go a yeah. long way. But even I've heard about people who run Chicago where there's really quiet stretches. So. Yeah, I, I I think I would pick mine just based on tradition of having like fast performances at that race because you could come up with a completely different six where you're just, if you're trying to come up with like what's the best runner experience. Yeah, and I I would probably or what's like the bucket list, and I think if you're talking about that, the only major that would go on there would probably be Boston. To be honest. Again, I haven't run it, but just I think that's the one that that stands out above all else. It's got its own day, and the Red Sox have alternate uniforms that are Boston modeled after the Boston Marathon. That's got to tell you something. The Yankees don't have that for New York.
1: <laughs> no, it. I mean it. The the Boston experience is a very cool. It's it's something the whole town gets behind. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, you know, and I'm sure people, you know, some people in New York would say that's the case there, but it just, it does seem it's different. It's lo- the tradition it, it goes, different. yeah.
0: Like look at look yeah. at how much longer it goes back in terms of, of tradition. I'm not saying the, ath- the athlete performances are at the top or any, you know, better, or worse, but I just think if you had to pick one of the two, I think you'd put Boston on that list as, yeah, as opposed agreed. to New York, because I think New York's great. And you're running in New York city and that in and of itself is, is a, unique experience but Boston the race itself is just it's just different so I've covered one and it was crazy so well that was a really crazy year with the crazy weather but anyway all right that's it how's at gmail.com that's the email address we'll get to the uh Owens email next time but we'll need more emails we'll recap the world uh sorry world cross country championships the NCAA cross country championships (laughs) Not going to Australia yet, Jason. <laughs> so, uh,
1: soon, yeah, soon.
0: Give me your NCAA cross country thoughts if you got them. Um, we'll be around right now, I will be in o, Oklahoma. And, uh, I think that's it. Anything else, Jason?
1: Nope, that's it. I am, uh, yeah, we'll just, uh, we'll talk to you next week.
0: Sounds good. Talk to you guys then,
1: Justin Fields. Good night.